0: Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. I think I said a one. I'm I'm doing a little... uh, A one and a two? I'm doing a little... uh, What's his name there? Um, Guy Lombardo? I don't know. No, who's the... uh, Who's the, the... my grandparents always used to watch him on TV. He's got the, oh, the uh, bubbles. Uh, uh, the yeah. bubbles. Ah, why can't I remember? Uh, my grandparents watched him yeah. too. Why am I blanking? That's who I was thinking of when I said Guy Lombardo. Right. Similar. Like, but Guy Lombardo. Similar different. vibe. But uh, boy, why can't I remember oh, that? He, it, I his license bad. plate was even a, a one and a two or something like that. That was his, he was. It was, was his whole deal. I feel like
1: we're we're betraying the uh, the the generation of
0: this movie that we're talking about by
1: not remembering his name. Oh, my God. Well, uh, anyway, re- we haven't even said our names No, yet. I know.
0: I, I was, I was going to say, we can remember our names. Uh, my name is uh, Pete the Retailer, and I am from Star Wars Minute.
1: And I'm John Engel, and I'm from Alien
0: Minute. Um, so we are talking about, uh, well, besides trying to remember who this band leader is that was on TV... Um, We were also Lawrence Welk that just popped into my head popped into my head because I started thinking about something else
1: I remember Lawrence I The youngest age watching Lawrence (laughs) Welk with my grandma. I I don't know how I could have forgotten his name I don't think I've ever forgotten his name before. Well, thanks for remembering sure
0: Um, I'm glad I it didn't drive me crazy the whole time, but uh, today we're talking about minute 28 of the best years of our lives Minute 28 uh, starts with, we felt awfully sorry for the civilians, and it ends with, the children? Which is uh, being (laughs) incredulously asked. The children?
1: children?" Yeah, um, we're kind of leaving off, yeah, we're definitely leaving off where we were yesterday with, uh, we hadn't talked about this interesting bit of blocking that we get in this scene, we get Teresa Wright comes in. She's saying her th- bits about domestic uh, science classes. She sits down with her back to us, but we're getting this wide shot of all four of them. But I, I just love when she gets up and goes and kneels in front of her dad, and we get this loving moment. And we get Myrna Loy in the background, right? Yeah, so happy to see this scene. And again, Rob's a little distant still. He's smiling. This is a happy moment. But Rob's still off. He's off in the left of frame. But I love the blocking here and I just want to, it gives us a chance I mean, I'm sure somebody in the last few weeks has mentioned Greg Toland mm. but I'm a giant Greg Toland fan anybody who's a nerd about cinematography at all would have to be. He was the guy that shot Citizen Kane basically got co-directing credits sort of where Wells recognized entirely that there's no way he could have made that movie without Greg Toland and all the incredible you know the fact that Toland was so willing to go down that um treacherous path of experimentation with Wells and how they shot Citizen Kane. Um arguably are the greatest black and white cinematographer we had in the era, uh shooting this movie, of which he was not nominated for an Oscar, by the way. Really? He won Oscars. He lost for Citizen Kane, which is shocking. Uh he won for Wuthering Heights. Uh he shot Grapes of Wrath for John Ford. I mean, think about all this rich, lush, black and white, all these rich, lush, black and white films he shot. I will say this movie's got its moments. There's no doubt, mm-hmm. especially the penultimate scene with Dana Andrews in the graveyard, plain graveyard later. Uh, but it is kind of not shot in. A, it's not shot in a showy kind of way. And it's very well done. But I could see how the Oscars might look at it and go, eh. Uh, despite giving this movie, I think seven Oscars total and all the nominations it it got. Yeah. But um, I think they only did two nominations even for black and white cinematography Mm. that year. So I could see it only because of the Oscar. I don't agree with the Oscars. I think this is a beautifully shot film, but it's just not done in that way. I think there was this, this, you know, mandate to keep it real. That was not common in, in movies at the time where Weiler was uh, for instance with the uh, set decoration he was very uh uh specific with the with the set designers in the art department to make these ho- homes look much more real than the homes of movies at the to the date no high ceilings no broad massive rooms you'll notice if you watch the movie everybody uh, it's very claustrophobic for a 1940s film yeah and and i think he told Toland as well let's keep this real simple and let's shoot it, you know, let's make it look good, but let's make it look like life and not that uh, very expressionistic style he had with uh, uh, Citizen Kane, especially, wow. or even even um, Grapes of Wrath. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to make sure we talked about Greg Toland and uh, I found a, an interesting looking shot so I felt like we could bring him up. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Um, that's a, uh I feel like it's a shortcoming in my... Film knowledge that I, I um, you know being aware of the cinematographer and knowing them you know it's always that's like next level a little bit um, and, and I should <laughs> being that I went to you know I studied that kind of a thing in school but I didn't pay yeah. enough attention when I was talking about cinematographers uh, and uh, and it, it really does you know affect so much of, of uh, especially the way that I digest uh, film so I'm glad you brought it up
1: well, it's an interesting way if, you know, if you want an entry point, like I'm not saying to you specifically, but maybe to someone in the audience, if you want an entry point to classic film, you can go the director route. Well, it did so-and-so direct it? I find that it's actually more interesting to go the cinematographer route. So you find John Alton films. Okay. I love John. I, I loved this John Alton film. Almost like looking at jazz records. Sometimes you'll look, oh, I like that drummer. Right. I'll buy this record. I don't know. I've never heard this record, but if that drummer's on it, these guys I've heard of, maybe this is going to be interesting. It's a way to get in and, and you'll know at least it'll look really good. Right. And you might discover some things that aren't in that canon level of classic films, you know, but uh, unfortunately for Gre- Greg Toland passed away only two years after this, this movie was huh. filmed. He, I believe it was a sudden death, heart attack, uh, coronary embolism, mm-hmm. and he was only 44. He was younger than oh, us, man Pete um really sad it would have been interesting to see how he was going to you know the next few years he was going to have to get into color more and i would have been interested to see how his career went after but uh he left a really good body of work so look up greg toland and i mean he did the bishop's wife which is always always like wow that's a greg toland holiday classic so um anyway enough about him let's get into
0: the minute (laughs) um well this uh, we get the kind of culmination of the uh, of the scene with with rob between the father and son um because he's he you know is goes to leave and uh, you know has forgotten the things and he's like you know trying to be upbeat about it he's like yeah thanks an awful lot for these things and it's just like <laughs> yeah he actually pauses on the yeah.
1: things doesn't he a little bit
0: yeah which again uh, my star wars alert went off to say like where are you taking this thing Um, (laughs) son are you taking those things to your room um and it it it, uh then we start to get the kind of uh the husband and wife talking and catching up um follow-up to this and um it's funny that you uh you brought uh something you just said before uh, it brought it brought to light my my theme for this episode, which is just purely uh, getting older. There's another thing that um, mm-hmm. another thing that we're afraid of as we uh, as we get older, as we live our lives, and we're afraid of getting older and being kind of like past a certain point and and having things not only things changing, which was the the other um they're all kind of variations in the same theme, but just getting older in general um was my, my underpinning theme for this and uh and to a certain extent the children taking over too cuz that's the you know as you get older and the kids kind of doing doing the things you know it it uh, not only has uh, peggy learned to do the dishes but she's all kind of taking care of a lot around the house uh in general mm-hmm. and it's like well what you know when when did it become this and and it's the type of thing you know going were he there day to day, you know, for for a long time, he wouldn't notice it because it's incremental. But then we step away for a bit, and then you come back, and not only, as we said, are you changed, but then the, when things change, uh, even in in normal life, things would be changing. But uh, you know, World War Two was a was a event that changed a lot of things and people around the world. So, mm-hmm. getting older that's that's my theme.
1: Like what if I were to to. You know, I don't not disagree, not a, uh, um, going against your theme. To me, as far as how this is uh, scene plays out, there's a control theme mm. here. Like who has it? Uh, control maybe isn't the right word, but um, but I'm going to use it anyway because I do feel like she she is in control. So once the kids leave the room, the conversation between them starts immediately. You can see that she is in her element. She was she was able to be here for all this change. Right. And she's sitting calmly in her chair, and he's fidgety as hell, <laughs> right? So he's getting cigarettes out, he's walking around, and it's kind of a classic uh, move. Not only did they, it was, it was time to break up the scene anyway. Uh, too much sitting around, probably need somebody to get up and add a little dynamism to the scene, visibly, uh, physically. And so he gets up and starts walking around, but it's telling us about him. This is what's this is getting us in his headspace, right? This is what's going on in his head He is pacing, confused. What do I do next? I guess I'll smoke a cigarette. I'm so distracted. I've been away for so long. I forgot my wife doesn't smoke. You know, right. probably in, the, in, in war, they probably always offered a cigarette to the guy next to them. Uh, maybe that was their habit. So he just did it. Right. Um, While she is trying to add levity. Right. She's in control of the situation. She can see how he's feeling and, and what he's thinking. And she's trying to bring levity with these jokes about, I tried to keep him the same age, but I just couldn't. And he's just not having right. it, man. He's not interested in levity so at you,
0: all. He's too. You're you're hitting on themes, but my themes, I think that's more tomorrow. I feel like it goes into that because that's where he's. Yeah. Um. I I agree that there's totally, you know, part of the same, part of the same, uh, you know, being king of the castle and then kind of coming back and it's like, Oh wait, the castle got along without mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, I, I, I get more into that, I guess, tomorrow. Um, yeah. cause this, he just starts to, uh, question it. Um, I'm trying to remember what the lead up is to the children because she's, basically she asked something about like "Well, what do you think of the children or something like that He's like the children god maybe i got maybe i got a minute ahead <laughs> here didn't i so you're jumping ahead i might have so minute by minute you yeah gotta, you gotta my
1: brain my, my the stream of conscious
0: <laughs> thoughts. sometimes i forget where the brakes are um, um well, i'm here to let you know that these are the breaks. um okay. <laughs> the uh but uh yeah that the the idea of uh of you know, and he says it kind of as a joke, but when he says like the children, like it's almost like, like mm-hmm. there, where are there are no children. I see two, you know, young young uh-huh. people here, and uh, and it'll lead into tomorrow's, you know, follow up. Tomorrow's follow up to that is I, I don't even recognize him, Like, and it's it's right. true. Like, not only does he not, you know, not only is it saying it kind of as a joke, but there's also that grain of truth under under it in that like. Well, I left children, and I came back to these, you know, these young adults, kind of running, you know, performing tasks, and and you know, having their own agency. Yeah. And so that that, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it getting older today, and then tomorrow I might call it uh, uh, agency or, or control or power. Yeah, you might be right. Like like I said, I I might have
1: kind of got ahead of myself <laughs> there just a little bit. Um. I did, I was going to say one thing, though, because we had this one scene where um, I guess we get it a little bit at the end of the week, too. But we have this one scene for a period of time where we have Teresa Wright and Myrna Loy um, in the same scene and, and Frederick March. Now, I already mentioned a couple of days ago that Frederick March won Best Actor mm-hmm. uh, for this uh, Oscar for this performance. Myrna Loy and Teresa Wright, neither one of them were even nominated for this hmm. movie. Another one. So Tolan didn't get nominated and... These two, and Teresa Wright's an Oscar winner already. Now, Myrna Loy never got nominated. This is, I would say this is, you know, she's best known for being Nora Charles in the Thin Man movies, but this is the biggest role of her career. Like, if she was going to win one, this was it. This is like her Aaron Brockovich or something. I don't know how you describe it, like, to compare it to a modern actress. But um, if she was going to win one, this would have been it. But Teresa Wright gives a really good performance in this movie. It's got a lot going on. She's already an Oscar winner and multiple nominee. What is it about this? I I'm confused because this movie was just saturated. Just they just poured Oscars on it, nominations. What was wrong with the female leads in this movie? I I'm confused about that. Uh, anyway, I I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up. I think they both deserve nominations at the very least. And I think Teresa Wright probably should have been in the running for the for the supporting actress right. award. Well, who who did win for this this year? Well let's, that's that's a, the let's um what
0: we're trying to call up. Yeah. Yeah, I was
1: trying to because I've forgotten who won. Um I'm looking
0: at the see. Um Reception. Oh, there's a radio adaptation. Adaptation from this? It's the nineteenth Academy Awards. That doesn't seem Yes. Um let's see uh supporting Ann Baxter for the Razor's Edge. One best supporting. Yeah. Um which is a movie that I've heard, I've never seen. Hmm. And normally. I'm not
1: sure it's just never been on my uh, but but wasn't it remade with Bill Murray? <laughs> Am I crazy? <laughs> um was well, he was in a movie called Razor's Edge? Right,
0: that was the uh wasn't that his Oh no. I'm confusing that What's the other one. I thought that was his uh, Hunter S. Thompson movie, but that's the where the buffalo yeah. Room.
1: So yeah, I think The Razor's Edge was a Somerset Mom mm-hmm. novel right. that was adapted, but anyway. Um and uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know Razor's Edge. I don't know maybe that performance, but the the lack of nominations. Yeah. It's just surprising because in a year where clearly this was the movie of the year. Right. I believe it was the highest grossing movie of the 1940s for one thing. Yeah. It was blew everybody away critically. They it got all these nominations. Why leave the women out? I'm I'm, I'm a little lost on that one. Uh, maybe Myrna Loy, fine. Uh, Her performance is good too, though. And it's especially like in this day and age, uh, someone like Myrna Loy being in a role like this definitely would get an Oscar nomination. It'd be like, oh, Nora Charles, up for Best Actress. You know, that would be something that they would love to have for their PR. But um, I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I think, I love Teresa Wright. I think she was deserving of some recognition for this role.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking, it's an interesting, the, the, I guess it's just maybe they didn't. You think they didn't submit some people for this? I don't know. Maybe. I'm looking at what you know, best cinematography, black and white. Where it was only two. It was Anna and the King of Siam and The Green Years. Yeah. And uh,
1: crazy that they just wouldn't nominate (laughs) Toland. It's just like, what is going on back then? But well, they gave this movie an awful lot of Oscars, though. And Olivia De Havilland won Best
0: Actress that year for To Each His Own.
1: Um, which yeah, I mean Olivia de Havilland um, I've never he, seen to each Celia own.
0: Johnson for Brief Encounter lost I didn't realize that was the same year
1: right uh, I mean this is a year so this is a big year with Brief Encounter yeah. you got Lean Weiler was up against Lean and Mark, right for the Killers and um, um, who was the other big timer there was uh, yeah. another big uh, timer uh, Frank Capra group. for It's a Wonderful Life Capra Right, it's a wonderful life. Gets not. I I was actually surprised to see it got nominations. Yeah. Not that I I don't think it's very deserving of them. I just thought that it was kind of a I it was flop. Considered and a bomb to a certain extent. Yeah, but I mean, it was. But I guess the Academy yeah, liked it enough. God. Jimmy Stewart was yeah. up too. But. Um. But uh. And and that ends
0: our section of reading IMDb <laughs> on the air. Although I do, but the. the Doctor Jekyll and uh, the Invisible Man were uh, were each nominated for different uh, categories this year. Um. Mm. So, the um. Well, I guess since we already kind of uh, teased it, hinted at it, we can we can uh, drag this out until tomorrow. Uh, do you have anything specific yeah. for for twenty eight for the when was the changeover between the family scene directly to the husband and wife scene?
1: No, I mean I just it's you know. I think I kind of talked about. I might be a day ahead on all my notes. I think I kind of talked about how there was there was some kind of reading of tension. Right. I think that that Peggy sees it's time for mom and dad to talk now. Let's right. go. Come well, on. That's Rob. definitely
0: in this one because by the time. Yes, then they but leave. I think I mentioned it yesterday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh right, well, sorry.
0: sorry, folks. It's uh, movies by minutes is not an exact science. Um, but if you hey, uh, if you like this movies by minutes thing, and specifically if you like this show. You can find The Best Minutes podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Social media, follow us on uh, The Best Minutes on Twitter, at The Best Minutes on Twitter, or you can go to uh, Facebook and go to Butch's Place, the best years of our lives, Listener's Cafe. And um, other than that, John, uh, John and I will be here again tomorrow. So please join us next time on the Best Minutes Podcast. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon.
1: Right. Thanks. Come on, Taylor.